Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. I am your host, Juan, aka truth.in.media. And folks, do we have a show for you today? I've actually been a bit anxious to talk to this person. I immediately gobbled up everything she wrote. Um, basically, the way this show works is um, I post stuff on my Instagram and I see the kind of feedback I get. And I sometimes just randomly click to the people that like my stuff or the people commenting or reposting. And I'll just randomly click on something and just randomly go through their page. And sometimes I'll get an intuition and I'm like, oh, this is a cool post or this is a great insight or a little tidbit. And so I dig further and with uh, this guest that we have on today, immediately, it was interesting. I went through her page and um, I immediately was struck by this painting she does because she does painting. She's an artist and a writer. Um, She looks into the mysterious realms, the kind of stuff we like here. She's into the unknown, symbolism, seeing the unseen essentially and that's why I created the show. I want to help people see the things that are in your face but you can't see for some reason. And similarly she's been doing the same thing her whole life as a child. And we're going to talk all about that today. Um, so to say, the image I saw, um, I was listening to music, I was listening to Tool, and I, and I saw her image of something she painted. It's called Schism. Now, the song Schism wasn't on, but it was Tool, and I saw that as a special synchronicity that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely. I need to have this person on and talk to her and see what's going on in her mind. And so we're blessed with her presence today. So welcome to the show, Jackie Krasna. Hi, Jackie. How are you doing? I am doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, putting time aside to be here with us. Yeah, no problem. So you were telling me that Krasna is actually a a name from where? It's a Slavic or uh, Czechoslovakian name. Um, I was telling you, you know, my, my mom is Czechoslovakian, but my my original family name was Kramer. But I just did like a lot of artists do where I changed my name so that it was more unique and I kind of stuck with my heritage with that. Right, right. When I was little, I would have like dreams that I would probably become a famous soccer player or singer. And but then I always thought, man, but my name, Juan Martinez, it's it's so boring, so normal. It's like millions of Juans. And I was kind (laughs) of similarly thinking the same thing. What would I change my name to? But let me ask you this first to start off, because I always find it interesting the people that I choose to have, have on here, what, what it was that led them down this path. And um, so I read your bio and I know you said it had to do with you learning how to draw a star as a child and that that eventually led you down this path of searching and trying to break down symbols and what they mean. Now, let me ask you, was your parents, were your parents into any of this weird, strange alternative stuff or was this something that started with you? Well, um, I think I got a little bit of a head start from my parents because they they were um, what you might call sort of the, the stereotypical conspiracy theorist types. Um, they were also kind of like mainstream Christians, but at the same time, they weren't really satisfied with the narrative that they were getting from uh, you know, the, the typical Calvary Chapel type of church. So they were really digging in pretty deep and trying to like 
I remember my dad even at one point kind of trying to interpret some other versions of the Bible. And, you know, they were doing things like prepping for Y2K and all of that. So, um, yeah, and I wasn't allowed really to watch too many movies. So Mm -hmm. I thank my parents a lot for that. So I I didn't get like as much brainwashing as, as a lot of other kids do. Wow, that's great. That's really good. Uh, I could say maybe my parents were similarly like that. Uh, my mom would get upset if I watched The Simpsons, but I would kind of sneak around and watch it. And I oh, think yeah, me too. it's good. But right now, at this point in my life, I'm coming to this place where I'm like, I'm realizing, and I, I already knew that music, and most of it is kind of brainwashing and kind of gets you into this rhythm that they want you to be in to kind of disassociate. And I, I keep asking people, well, let me ask you this also. If you listen to, for example, if somebody loves Led Zeppelin, but they know that they messed around with little girls and they were into all this dark or cold stuff, would you still listen to them or would you abstain yourself from the art? Uh, I think that um, it's fine to listen to it as long as you've kind of developed an immunity to their messages. So Mm. if you become kind of like symbol literate, as we'll probably talk about, um, and you understand how they're um, intentionally trying to manipulate through their music, I think then that kind of makes you immune to it. But at the same time, I mean, I, I personally can't really listen to, I can't really enjoy a lot of the music that I used to like because I just, I see through it. Right, so. right, yeah. Yeah, that's how I am. I love Led Zeppelin and I can see myself loving them less and less. And even now, if one of their songs come on, all I think about is like, man, y'all were diddling little girls. Like, what is wrong with y'all? Y'all are rock stars. Like, what is wrong with y'all? And like, it just bleeds into to me enjoying that music and I can't. And so like now, slowly over the years, most of the music I listen to on Spotify is really just like uh, pensive music. It's just music to think. It has no lyrics. It's just, it, it leaves it open yeah. to interpret it yourself, however you would like to, at, at how you're feeling at that moment. So that's what, that's what I've been transitioning into. Yeah, same here. I've been listening to a lot of just uh, music without any vocals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here, let me let me give you a recommendation. You should check out this uh, group called Marconi Union. They play okay. this great music. It's like abstract, but it really makes you think. And with one song, I've gone through like many trips in my head, like different thoughts and concepts and ideas. It's fascinating. I, I love it. Like having an, it's kind of like having a, a blank sheet where you can start fresh every time. Well, that's good. I can always use uh, new recommendations of music. My playlists get a little stale sometimes. Okay, great, great. I'm glad I could share. Okay, so guys, Jackie is a very interesting person. Like I said, I clicked through her profile, and there was another image that stuck to me, and it's on her Instagram. Y'all should go. Please check her out. It's uh, Jackie Krasna. Uh, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Don't worry. But the last name is spelled K-R-A-S-N-A. And in there, she has a picture that she had of herself, and it looks pretty professionally done. It looks like a whole set. Uh, if I could describe it to y'all, it's like she's sitting on this a desk or a table, and she has a set of tarot cards. Or are those? Is that your deck, Jackie? That's one of my decks. Yeah, that's the uh, Thoth deck that I have, the one that was done by Aleister Crowley. Oh, cool. Dang, nice. Okay. Alistair Crowley, I definitely want to talk about him. So she has this deck out, and she has incense. It looks like incense, a little fire going, a candle. It looks like you have a little potion glass, and you have a tray there. What's on that tray? 
a tray. You it's know what? Like, Let me look. It's like you have a little glass potion jar, what it looks like, and a little golden receptacle looking like thing. And I don't know if that's a skull or a bone, some white thing. You know what? Let me look at the image real quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the glass bottle, actually, um, my fiance's sister gave that to me, I think. It was a meant to be kind of like a protection kind of a potion or something. Mm. And then the skull was a fox skull that my my fiance just had because he used to work um, in the forest service. I think he just found it. Oh, that's cool. Forest service. What kind of job is that? Oh, he was mostly doing owl calls. Um, I, I don't fully understand it, but he would go out in the woods at, like in the middle of the night and basically try to kind of track um, the paths of owls um, for whatever purposes they had for that. Oh, that's cool. So he was like studying owls? Yeah, he knows a lot about uh, wildlife. Like I can, we could be out at a park and see some strange creature and he'll tell me like exactly what species and all the different oh, classifications man. of it. That's awesome. You see, I feel like that's a lost art that humans, we, we used to be able to discern all the trees and the animals and the sounds. And now we're like, we've lost all that. Sure, the environment has changed, but I feel like we should all have some kind of basic survival skills. In schools, you would imagine the greatest country on earth would teach a child how to sustain himself if he had to, but no, it's like they teach you the things that you use the least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be definitely good if they could change the curriculum, or rather if, if parents would just homeschool and teach it to their kids themselves. Yeah, but I think that's growing. I see it growing exponentially. So many parents are seeing the truth about what's going on, and they're like, man, screw this. I'm taking my kids out of school. This is this is wrong, and people are taking a stand. And I feel like slowly, I don't know. I, I want to get your opinion. I always ask this to people. I feel like they really try to implement this fucking forthright with this COVID thing, but I think it slipped through their hands. I don't know because if it was of Trump. I don't trust Trump, but I don't know if it was Trump or they thought Hillary was going to win and they were going to be successful. But I feel like they failed in installing this thing and that people are actually seeing through the veil and they're like, holy shit. And they're waking up by the droves. And like I said, yeah, they're taking their kids out of school. They're leaving the cities. They're, they're going off the grid. And I, I feel like things are... Are, are changing for the better. How do you feel? I mean, I think that there's some pockets of people who are waking up. And I think that people like you and me, we probably kind of exist in circles where, where we're seeing people waking up because we're associating with them. But to tell you the truth, when, I, when I'm walking around here in Phoenix, where I live, I mean, I'm seeing total zombies. Um, I mean, I'm not really seeing people waking up and uh, yeah that's how I feel about it well let me ask you this because where I'm at in Houston um, when I drive around I've actually been seeing a lot of these what you call pop-up centers where basically these people will go to a parking lot and set up tents and sell organic food uh, natural honey uh, you know pesticide free food all this kind of natural holistic alternative route type of food do you do you see any of this where you're at um like, you know, sort of like farmers might market type of things. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I mean, I guess my thought on it, though, is that, um, you know, it's great to be trying to 
um, live more close to nature and going organic and learning survival skills. But ultimately, I don't see that as as the way that we're going to sort of free or enlighten humanity. I think those are like positive steps, maybe in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we have to get people to understand true morality. You know, I think that's what it comes down to. And I'm not sure that I see that because people are still going to uh, cast their voting ballots and, mm-hmm. you know, try to, you know, basically condoning slavery and government. Yeah, well, see, I guess that's the thing I wrestle with. I'm optimistic and pessimistic at the same time. I see people changing, but then again, I see, like you, so many people just becoming zombies. So I don't know. I, like you said, it's. I think it steps in the right direction. And if people just keep going toward that and raising their consciousness, eventually... I think that could work slowly, but if I if I could ask you, what do you think or what have you seen that works quickly to wake others up? I think that um, some of these techniques of talking to people, like the Socratic method of just kind of asking questions mm. and, um, you know, I kind of think sort of taking a step back and not really trying to like debate with people and, and attack them. I've noticed that that works a lot when you just sort of present the data, you know, do your thing, make your content or whatever you're podcasting and then allow people who are on the verge of waking up to find it. But yeah, I kind of think it can be counterproductive when you like go out of your way to be really aggressive. Oh, like right, I yeah. see yeah. sometimes because, I mean, people are just going to, like, tighten even more up yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's one of the best methods i found is you ask people, what do you think about 9-11? What do you think about uh, TVs, like, putting bad ideas into people? And just get them to start really thinking on their own. Because, like you said, if you come in aggressive, they're like, man, you're crazy. You're, you're, you're exactly what the TV says that conspiracy theorists are. And then they, they, you lose them. Right. And the other thing is when you are sort of armed with knowledge and you you've studied 9-11 inside and out, like the truth is the truth. I mean, people can deny it if they want, but you're not going to they're not going to ever really sort of like win an argument. Um, I mean, I think deep down, uh, if, if you're presenting the facts to them, people will know um, in, intuitively that it that they are hearing the truth. Mm. And so they can either choose to reject it or not. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, too, that I ask everyone. What do you think it is about people? You could have maybe a set of twins and you could present both of them uh, facts about the world and how corrupt it is. And one will be like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to look into it. And the other one will basically, like Cypher in the Matrix, choose to live in the illusion. What, what do you think is that, that, that causes that difference in humans? Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't really tend to put too much weight on things like genetics or or anything like that. I mean, I do tend to think that it's more about programming. Like humans are, they come out into the world as blank slates and then, you know, people download something onto their their consciousness. So their schools and their parents and, and all these people in their environment program them. Now, like with the case of two twins i mean i think it would depend on the circumstances of how they were raised Mm. um i mean i think it's probably just the individual twins probably had some totally different experience that led them to one of them to maybe reject truth and then the other one to accept it Hmm. yeah i guess you're right It's, it's up to every single individual 
I just sometimes get so frustrated and I just kind of want to yell it off the rooftop. So like you said, you can't do that. You have to come in, just plant the seeds and let them fall where they fall. And hopefully they on themselves eventually start asking questions. Yeah, I mean, you can do it like yelling from the rooftop. I mean, some people do it effectively. Like, you know, we were talking about Mark Passio mm. a while ago before the show. I mean, he's done it the aggressive way and yeah. it does I love work it. because the yeah, no, because there's some people like myself who actually do respond really well to aggressiveness. Like some of us just need like a good whooping, like a, a coach, mm. um, like a little fire under us. But other people sort of need to be like coddled almost. You yeah, know? yeah. Right now, as you were saying that, I was imagining um, different overweight people and maybe having a guy come in and say, all right, y'all need to get off y'all ass and start working out. And some <laughs> of them might start working out, but the other are just going to be like, nah, dude, why are you being like that? And you'll turn them off. So I, I always wonder, what is that? I guess people are just different. Some people are just different parts on the spectrum. They need tough love. And some people, like you said, they need to have their hand held. I kind of think that the, the ones who are more um, grown or kind of like further along the path of, of awakening mm -hmm. can handle the, the intensity a little bit better. But it's like the ones that are that are really that they need to be babied they, they kind of are babies yeah, you know yeah it's uh well what i wanted to get into i actually had a, a, a set of notes here that i wanted to get into jackie and put them in a way to kind of help people listen to your life story and and how you've progressed and unfolded and, and your story is amazing because it like mine it starts from childhood as a child as a child i, I had insomnia and i would lay in bed and just think about uh, the randomness thing and like really dissect it and break it down and I remember one time I was about eight years old it was about this time in Christmas today's December 16th and I was laying in bed and I was just thinking and thinking how the fuck does Santa Claus make go around the whole world <laughs> in one night in one trip carry all those toys in that one bag and do all that in one night and I was like thinking and thinking I was like there's no way there's no way and I came to the conclusion that He's either a lie or it's our parents or something. And come to find out, it was the truth. And ever since then, I used that little method to break everything down. Because from there was the Easter Bunny, uh, the Tooth Fairy, all these mythical type of things they tell children. And then I sort of mm -hmm. extrapolated that and brought it into the adult world because it, it's that kind of stuff also works in, in the adult mind. People believe in money and it works because they mm -hmm. believe in it. And all the fucked up things that are in the world are essentially because we've allowed it to happen in some form or another because we've been lied to. And so ever since then, I was like, I'm not going to let myself be manipulated or controlled. And I love how in your story, it actually started um, as a kid learning how to draw. Can you please tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember being uh, back in kindergarten and uh learning how to draw that five-pointed star like we all do at some point early on. And I was just really kind of enthralled or mesmerized by it. And I didn't know why, but I kept kind of tracing it in my mind and, and drawing it over and over again. And I was kind of wondering, you know, I'm not sure if I was thinking about this when I was like five, but it might have been kind of throughout the years. I would see all of these symbols such as the star 
and I would see how it was on everything from my my uh, Lisa Frank notebooks that I had, you know, back in the 90s and uh, on uh, everything from like political campaigns, right. the American flag, the uh, military regalia. And I'm like, why does nobody ask where these symbols come from? Mm -hmm. I mean, they obviously came from somewhere in the past and somebody thought they were important enough to put them on uh, you know, the American flag. Um, so, I mean, I don't think I really, uh, I didn't dig into it until way, way later. Um, and basically what happened was, uh, I was very, very much like you where I, where I was younger and I saw some discrepancies to say the least and things that I was being indoctrinated with in the public school. And, um, eventually I just kind of let, let my mind get taken over to an extent. And um, I was taught things like, you know, you can't be an artist. Art isn't really a contribution to society. You have to learn math and science, even though uh, maybe you're not really naturally all that uh, gifted in that area. And, and so I just kind of forced myself to conform a little bit to the point where I ended up um, in my 20s um, joining the military, which was way in the opposite direction of, of the right path I should have been on. I was uh, I spent six years at a university um, learning a, a very left-brained kind of like scientific disciplines that I just was never really interested in, to be honest. And then I even worked for government for a little while. So I was just like way, way off the center path or off my true uh, path. And I was kind of neglecting my my artistic side. And that um, wasn't until uh, like pretty recently, like within the, within the past few years that I, um, my mom actually introduced me to I was saying Mark Passio's work, uh, What on Earth is Happening podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just, I like vigorously listened to that for like almost a year straight. And I mean, my worldview totally changed. And um, it was also around the same time the COVID scam happened. Now I had read 1984 and, and uh, you know, A Brave New World back in high school. So I kind of had this seed planted that I knew what propaganda looks like. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was fortunate. I remember like sitting in quarantine in like 2020 and I was like on YouTube or something. And I'm seeing these like all, um, all these ads or propaganda rather that were saying flatten the curve stay inside and you know do your part and i'm thinking hold up like uh i think i've seen this somewhere before mm -hmm. like i'm not that stupid i'm i wasn't that you know um brainwashed i guess so i was just kind of forced to see this brazen propaganda and then start to question it um and then as i said i listened to that podcast um started like rigorously doing research like alternative research like i studied like crazy like i never have before um studying the occult um subversive symbolism um you know magic sorcery all kinds of topics in like the past like three years and kind of got myself back up to speed and then i um finally i just one day i quit that government job like kind of on a whim 
Like I, I could not sit in that cubicle any longer where I was actually working directly with the county sheriff. And like f- we were flying drones in people's backyards. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was it was horrible. So I, I finally just said, I'm done with this. This is immoral. I can't support it anymore. And uh, I just got straight to work um, on making a website, starting to, you know, catch up on uh, my artist, you know, sort of harnessing, getting better at art and uh, making a portfolio and and then now starting to make media content to try to raise other people's consciousness. I love it. I love that, man. And you're doing the good work, essentially. A lot of people, well, first I want to say a lot of people think that conspiracy people, conspiracy theorists are dumb or they just believe whatever. But actually, if you talk to them, they actually do a lot of research and they read a lot and they oh, yeah. really want to find out what's going on. So get that out of your mind. I mean, sure, a lot of them do get swept up by the whole red pill, black pill movement and they, they just mm-hmm. watch videos and they don't really understand what's really going on. But the real ones like you, Jackie, and others that I've talked to, Y'all know the shit. Like, y'all know what this really is. And what I want to talk to you about later is Satanism. And not, it's not really about Satanism. It's what's... It, Satanism is a masquerade. And it's hiding some other dark shit that's beneath that. And, and that's why I wanted yeah. to have you on to kind of sort of explain that to people. That there is a spiritual battle going on in this world. But we our minds have been tainted and filled with propaganda that it's very hard to discern and tell what is really happening. Okay, so... <clears throat> First, let's break down what the word occult means. Can you please tell us what the word occult? Because I feel a lot of people are immediately turned off by that word and think that you're talking about demons or Satan or something like that. Can you please just demystify that word for us? Yes. So occult, first of all, does not mean evil. It doesn't uh, necessarily have to do with things like Ouija boards or anything like that, although those topics can be contained within the occult body of knowledge. But occult, uh, if you break it down etymologically, it it just uh, comes from the Latin word occultare, which means to hide or to keep secret. So any knowledge that has been hidden from sight, um, because it also comes from the word oculus for the eye. So any knowledge that has been hidden deliberately could be considered occult knowledge. Right. It's, it's really simple. It's just hidden knowledge. Yeah, it's That's not it. evil per se. There's good occult knowledge out there. Yeah, and even it's a good thing to study dark occult knowledge because then you're sort of reading the enemy's playbook, you know. Yeah, yeah You got to exactly. understand. Yeah, and that's the thing, that's why I do truth in media, because I in media, sometimes you'll find these little nuggets, and you can use them to present them to others and be like, okay, look at this, pay attention. Why do you think they presented this to you in this way? Think about it, and then you can show them the background or the symbolism or the rhetoric or anything that's happening to kind of deconstruct and show others, whoa, this is like spells, this is like magic right here. They're mm-hmm. brainwashing yeah. you right now. Okay, so... Occult, that's what it means, basically, guys. It just means hidden. Okay, so can you walk us through now? You said that um, you grew up in the Christian, basically, type of household. But after a while, you started looking into deconstructing religion through astrology. Can you please walk us through that? Sure. Um, Yeah, so let's see. When I was uh, kind of an older teenager, like a lot of us do, we become maybe disenchanted with the religion we were brought up with because 
A lot of us, let's face it, we're mostly, we were given kind of like a basic diluted version of the religion. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of people will kind of reject it totally and either become hardcore atheists or, um, or, or even, you know, Satanists. I've seen that happen plenty of times. <clears throat> so um, actually a family member of mine got into Satanism and uh, I got curious about it and I read the Satanic Bible and I was kind of surprised because I thought that it sounded sort of reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't, you know, I was expecting to read about like animals and child sacrifices and demon uh, evocations and there was nothing in there like that. Um, so it, that's why I think Satanism can be very insidious. It's like a lot of these um, atheist types um, who just simply want a little bit of extra ritual in their lives, um, you know, uh, or they like the trappings of the of these uh, dark religions. They'll get into it, but then what they don't realize is that um, you know the people working at the higher levels of uh, these satanic orders um, are, are actually trying to propagate certain ideologies through it to the masses, and and what they're propagating um, are uh, egotism, moral relativism social Darwinism, eugenics, um, and, and just overall a kind of um, just materialism, like propping up the material world above the spiritual world. Right, right. Um, okay, I guess let me intervene right here really quick. Um, I, I, I too, whenever I got into, I didn't get into Satanism, but I, I started looking about what it was about because uh, it was on a podcast and the guy actually sounded pretty reasonably, like you said, the the stuff that we're presenting was like oh, okay that actually sounds right and so to share with y'all here are the main tenets of satanism and, and they sound actually pretty good like oh that sounds cool i would like to be like that but at the end of the day like you said jackie it does go back to egoism and all these four tenets that you said that are basically behind all, all or any propaganda trying to turn you away from becoming uh, a more conscious being and so here are the so i'll just read a couple but y'all can look them up later uh, the seven tenets of Satanism. The first one, it says, One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. That sounds pretty reasonable to me. The <clears throat> next one, The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, we should take out all the bad politicians, right? One's, and another, another one is, One's body is inviolable. Subject to one's own will alone. Yeah, let me do what I want to do with my own body. If I want to consume drugs, let me do it. Why is the state intervening? <clears throat> but then I guess you go down, and there was one that said, maybe you can help me out, Jackie. There was one that if somebody does something to you, you have the right to like yeah. go all out on them and maybe even hurt them. Oh, yeah, it's very much about being um, vengeful. If uh, they, they call it an Anton LaVey's version of Satanism anyway, he refers to um, s certain manipulative people as being psychic vampires. And if anybody is to, um, you know, sort of get in your way or annoy you, then you should just like brutally go after them. Um, I mean, I... I I think if somebody violates your human rights, then you have uh, every right to, you know, put that down with as much force necessary. But yet, 
they almost make it sound like in the satanic Bible, as though if somebody just kind of like mildly annoys you, that mm-hmm. you have the right to, um, you know, really harm them or screw up their lives. Right. Which, you know, obviously I don't think that's right. No, yeah. One knows in himself. I mean, your soul inside tells you that that's wrong, but that's why they make this type of propaganda and they, they sprinkle it with these seemingly nice sounding things to kind of like pull you into it. And once you're into it, I mean, they pull the veil back and it's all like dark stuff. Yeah. And the other thing is that it's, it's so insidious in our entire society because a lot of people look at Satanism as this quaint religion, you know, like something teenagers practice um, or just a couple of weirdos. But, um, you know, most of the real Satanists in the world don't even really realize that they're Satanists. Right, right. They're actually following these, these tenets um, without knowing it because you see it like in, in scientific atheism a lot. They, um, they're trying to teach people about social Darwinism and moral relativism. Like I used to listen to this, um, this guy, Sam Harris, for example, Mm -hmm. um, like him and Richard Dawkins and all these other like atheist celebrities. And they are like hardcore pushing this stuff, but it sounds really pretty. Like Mm -hmm. it's coming from these eloquent sounding men wearing suits and ties. And, you know, they're, they're not like sacrificing goats in the woods or anything. So it seems attractive to people. Right. And I love how you wrote in that one article, The Real Meaning of Satanism. Please, guys, y'all go check out JackieKrasna.com. It's a great website, by the way, Jackie. It's beautiful. Like, um, did you make it yourself? Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I actually, yeah, I made it with uh, WordPress, but I recently, I started, I was taking a technology seminar. I'm probably going to migrate it over to another CMS, but yeah, it looks yeah, it's, nice. it's pretty good so far. Yeah, I love it. It's really pretty and really the all the other fonts and everything. Yeah, uh, hyperlinks and everything. Oh, cool. Thank you. Okay, and so on that uh, article you wrote, The Real Meaning of Satanism, uh, I love how you broke it down that really the four main tenets are, like you stated earlier, uh, egotism, which is the service to self. Like Mm -hmm. you above others, step on others if you want to rise above. Number two, moral relativism. You get to choose what's right or wrong. It's up to Mm -hmm. you, basically. There's no uh, objective moral law. Number three, social Darwinism. It's that the most dominant people should rise to the top, like CEOs, which the majority are psychopaths or sociopaths. Uh, Number four, eugenics and epigenetics. That, again, the the masters and the elites should have the right to, to choose or to call the masses or to do whatever they want with them. And if you really look at them, though, Jackie, all of these tenants are in modern, most of modern people. Like, they believe this, especially with the whole movement of the people who promote abortion and um, gender transitioning kids into changing oh, yeah. their gender. Like, all these things fit. It's about themselves. Uh, they know what's right or wrong. Um, I get to pick. And... I'm the elite and I get to have a divine right over my own body and even their kids. And it's so sad. And it's crazy. Like you said, Satanism is right now out in the open and people don't yes. acknowledge it. It's it's like you said, sometimes it's depressing and I get pessimistic. But then I'm like, oh, but but we have people like us, you know, making podcasts, making art like you do, trying to wake others up. And I see like this is just a a thousand year old struggle that we've had and it's gone out throughout all history they have the elites who are just trying to puppet the the masses and control them because they feel 
they're righteous, that they have the moral right to, to dictate what happens. And so and I think a big part of the problem is the occulting of knowledge. Um, I mean, like the, uh, uh, the people uh, holding on to knowledge back in the day, like the, the hermetic knowledge, they thought that it was a good idea not to th throw uh, pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the most messed up thinking because when you, you know, have this, you think you're in this elite group that you have all this knowledge, what are you doing? But, you know, maybe um, making your circumstances in life better through the knowledge mm -hmm. instead of passing it on to the world so we can, you know, remove all of this Satanism that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It really is just about occulting knowledge. They keep certain knowledge to themselves, which they use to gratify or exalt themselves. And they keep us out in the dark, just kind of struggling and fighting to, to make it. And that really is what it is. They occult certain facts and knowledge. And like now you can see it, especially with all this censorship and trying to call fake news to the truth. Like, I feel it's getting away from them. And they're either going to have to make the Internet to where you have to say who you are, have some sort of Internet ID, or, oh, or they're going to have to tape wipe it all off. Because it's getting to a point where even I love TikTok, even though it's a it's corrupted for the kids. I love that there's a lot of people on there who are spreading this spiritual side of things. This seem yeah. I call it conspiracy fact. It's growing exponentially. But so either they're gonna have to shut it down or change it to where people really start going. Oh, okay, look, you see what they're doing, and take it up a notch and and make it harder for us to spread this information. Yeah, I mean, they could hardcore censor, but I mean, they kind of already do that. I mean, um, and I don't see how they could um, just take down the Internet. I mean, you'd have to pretty much like destroy the whole world to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will always be servers out somewhere. But l let's get back on track. I want. OK, so you said your friend was kind of um, not trying to get you into Satanism, but kind of showed you what it was about and you looked into it. And then what happened from there? Um, so I just kind of, uh, put it, put it away out of my mind. I thought, all right, whatever, um, to each their own, I guess. And, um, I guess over the years, I, I gradually would like certain seeds started getting planted. Like I remember I randomly found, um, I don't know if you know who Eckhart Tolle is, but yes. he's, he's like a little bit of a new ager, but you know, mm -hmm. he teaches some good things, I think about consciousness and, and being present. And I found this book and I, I thought it was like a synchronicity. Like I was meant to find it because it was like when I, I had never heard anybody even talk about being like, gee, living in the present moment. Like nobody, nobody teaches that. Um, so that, that kind of maybe was a seed that got planted um, but like I said, throughout most of my 20s, I was like asleep. I was like partying and um, or being in the military, right? Um, just not on a good path. Now, when I was in the military, though, it was such a, it was so like destructive to the soul. That's the only way I can put it. It, it was such a hostile environment, um, totally devoid of any sort of, uh, first of all, there was no art. There was there was no like compassion between mm -hmm. amongst any of the, you know, the airmen that I was with. And um, I think that my, you know, not to sound like melodramatic, but I really think that my, my soul was like sort of dying. 
mm. you know, and I, um, I started basically becoming like mentally ill where I, my memory was like shot. Like I couldn't like even really drive a car very well. Like I was losing things that just, um, it wasn't good. And it got to the point, and, and I really think that was sort of like my intuition telling me this is dead wrong. You need to get out of here and get back on, on your true path you need to be on. So I got out of there like er really early. And that was like the most merciful outcome that could have happened where they just kind of let me go. And then, um, you know, I was basically was like healing from that trauma for the next several years where I was like still dealing with all the, the heavy drinking that everybody does in the military. And um, uh, finally started to overcome that. And then I, like I said, I was in the university for like six years and I was uh, kind of noticing um, just this, this, this agenda that, that was being pushed by the professors where you'd be in an art class and um, they're not even talking about the art. They're just talking about everything they can get offended by. And it was just absolute nonsense. And um, by the time I graduated, I heard that they were, uh, I don't know if this actually happened, but I heard they were planning on putting little cameras flying around the school to, to basically rat out students who were saying something politically incorrect or, wow. you know, some kind of like racial sexist slur or something. And I was like, wow, I get like, that was, it was kind of like I had to wake up by seeing examples of just outright blatant nonsense and tyranny, you know? Mm. Um, so then um, let's see. Let me ask you I this. Graduated. What were you studying Jackie? And, and what year was this around? Because I, I was going to college, but I, I stepped out because I was paying for it. I had to work for it, and it was just really tiring, and I just ended up working a blue-collar job, making good money at a machine shop. But <clears throat> I, I always heard this about, like, colleges talking about getting offended, and I could never believe that this stuff was actually happening in schools. What, what were you studying, and around what years was this happening that you saw this? Okay, so I was studying something called geographic information systems, which is kind of like a branch of, maybe you could think of it as like a branch of computer science in a way, but it's um, it's basically like making maps, working with relational databases, and, um, you know, studying a lot of geography and, and a lot of sciences. I was also studying environmental science and atmospheric science too. Wow. And um, so I think, and, and by the way, the year it was, um, it was between 2014 to like 2019, 20, some, around that okay. period of time. And, and so I think that was kind of like the height of like all the, the Me Too movement and a lot of the mm. cancel culture and like the forced multiculturalism was right. happening. So the thing that I observed was um, because I was studying more of the the sciences. Um, I didn't really get the programming too bad. Like, I think that when you're studying the liberal arts, like and social science, that those are the ones who are getting hit hard. But I witnessed it even when I was in like my English classes. What I noticed was that the students themselves were not like outraged all the time. Like, the students were just like normal kids trying to get their grades and get by. But mm -hmm. it was really the professors that I noticed were like going out of their way 
to talk about these controversial topics Mm. um, and like try to tell people to be offended about all this, um, you know, uh, microaggressions and all of that. Let me, um, let me so ask was, you this, Jackie. Sorry for interject. Um, do you, what do you think this is? Do you think this is a concerted effort, or do you think because Joe Rogan has this theory that these professors essentially what they are is kids who go to school, grow up in school, and never essentially leave. They just stay in school, so they become, I guess, coddled or they don't experience the real world. So any little thing really hurts them and affects them. Or do you think, I don't know, have you looked into Yuri Besmanov, that Russian guy who was explaining how you subvert a country and you do it by indoctrinating the youth, essentially, Mm -hmm. to get them to accept all these Marxist ideals. So do you think, who do you think is behind it? Do you think it's just a cause of professors growing up within academia and never experiencing experiencing the real world? Or do you think there's actually some type of top-down agenda happening? I mean, there's probably a little bit of both or maybe a lot of both going on, but I do think that it's kind of like the slow march to you know getting socialism and then eventually communism i do think that there's a concerted effort um yeah i mean i um if you if you know about how some of these like we were talking about a lot about satanism but if you know how the structure of that works i mean these people are not like i keep saying they're not just like the teenagers in the woods they, they can actually be these professionals that look really spiffy that are working in the schools. I mean, they'll actually do rituals to try to get certain legislation passed or um, to say, hey, we're going to make it so we put this ideology in the curriculum. I mean, I do think that that's going on. It oh, seems yeah. obvious to me because, like I said, it, the, the students never seemed like, like they were... Um, thinking this way like uh with all of the the being offended and uh you know outraged all the time and um i I just i saw a lot of the uh the faculty doing it and then i i had a a really great he was an awesome professor who was uh, teaching atmospheric science and i remember he was teaching about how um there's so much sensationalism going on with climate change and you know he was just teaching us like a basic um this idea of like looking back into history at all of the graphs all of the data mm. and he actually got fired oh, for wow. that so wow. yeah of course man why is that man I, I, so, yeah like see right now i'm, I'm having the optimistic view like wh- why is there's like you can see it now they're firing on his good um people who are actually trying to help others out and they're promoting like people like I don't know have you seen the cabinet of Biden I think the Department of Energy guy was like a transgender guy he just got caught stealing luggage from oh, airports oh yeah and then yeah what was his name Swinton uh, or something yeah, I forget but and then also his health his uh secretary of health another transgender guy like why they're promoting the mentally ill people to the top and they're firing i think they just erased ben carson's name from a school a surgeon you know a really good surgeon they erased his name because he had ties with trump like what what are y'all doing man you're just sometimes it just pisses yeah. me off i mean interesting little story about that kind of uh on that topic is um so i i moved all around the country like my whole life i lived in a lot of different places and by, by the time I was like a teenager in high school, 
we settled down in the city right out kind of outside of Philadelphia called Allentown. And what my mom and my sisters and I noticed right away, we were kind of stunned, was that this was suddenly like, like everybody was like transgender, LGBT, nothing wrong necessarily with, right, right. with any of these like alternative lifestyles. But we thought it was like, what is going on here that like we've been all over the country, never seen this before. And in this town, like everybody in their mother was was in some way part of this um, LGBTQ type of lifestyle. Now, all these years later, when I listened to that What on Earth is Happening podcast with Mark Passio, who was a former priest in the religion of Satanism, mm -hmm. he, he spoke out about how the city right next to Allentown called Whitehall, Pennsylvania, they actually had this agenda. They were sort of like in charge of the branch um, trying to push transgenderism and eventually transhumanism. And so when I like when I heard about that, I knew deep down, oh, okay, what I was seeing there was deliberate. Like that was no accident because that doesn't occur in nature. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sick, and I love Mark Passio. Y'all guys, please go check out Mark Passio. Two S's, P A S S I O. Man, he was a wealth of information. He has this, uh, I think he calls it the ARC, which is a hard drive mm, of basically yeah. videos, articles, the gold, literally the gold. You can use this to it wake is. others up. Yeah. And I actually modeled something of, of mine after him. For years, I've been collecting videos, and I've put a playlist on YouTube. I'll share it with you. And I feel it's a playlist that helps normies wake up. Um, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, Mark Passio was the first guy that I heard who was talking about how this LGBTQ movement is going to open up the path toward pedophilia, incest, um, bestiality, all these sick things that in the past were mainstream. And like it says in the Bible, that in the end days, it shall be like in the days of Noah, where all this weird stuff, genetic splicing, um, sexual immorality comes out to the open. And now you see, I remember five years ago, Someone was mentioning something about LGBTQ, and I just mentioned, y'all guys better watch out. This LGBTQ stuff is going to lead to pedophiles, and I, I think they banned my account. Uh, they put a couple strikes on my account after that, and come no. to find out, this is what's happening. This LGBTQ men, and tied in with the whole Balenciaga thing, it's, they're literally talking about child oh, pedophilia and all of this sick stuff, guys, and, and Mark Passio has been warning y'all for years, and People have been yelling off the rooftop, but it's just like, what will it take to really get people angry enough to do something about any of this? Yeah, it's just like it'll it'll be a news story for a while and people will get all up in arms maybe a little bit, but then they just forget about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, well, again, we're getting off track and I love it. I, I'm going to have you on again. We're almost getting to the end, but I, I could talk to you for hours, Jackie. Oh, so thank you. You mentioned okay. So you were through the military. You had to leave. Your soul was dying. Uh, you started slowly started healing yourself uh, through the help of Mark Passio and just doing your own research. You mentioned you went through a couple dark night of the souls. Um, I, I've heard this term, but I'm not sure exactly what it means. And um, reading through your bio, does this have anything to do with solipsism? Also, um, I mean, I think I might have spell for solipsism a little bit. Can you explain um, first what that is? It's basically the idea that truth cannot be known, that that 
I mean, everything in reality is so subjective and based on your individual perception. Um, it's actually the idea that you are the only individual who is certain to exist. So that if that's the case, you can't truly know anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because um, knowledge is, is so occulted that when I was growing up and I just didn't know what to believe, it's like you, you hear so many um, contrasting, conflicting ideas and philosophies from everybody. And if there's so much noise that eventually, like, I just kind of thought I give up, like, maybe I'm the only person who even exists and I can't really know anything. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of thought that way for a, a little bit. Um, I, I went down like kind of a lot of different paths. Like, uh, I was saying, I kind of got into the, um, the, the scientific materialistic type of thinking for a little bit. And um, I explored that. Um, I think um, it was right after that, it was sort of when I graduated college that I really started waking up. And and by the way, the dark night of the soul, um, that was back, back what I was saying about the military. I would say that was the big dark night of the soul. And, and what that is, is it's sort of like a tends to be a little bit of an occult term. It just means that that everybody goes through these really dark, rough periods um, that kind of like forces an awakening, hopefully. Like that's how you wake up mm. usually is through the, the bad times. And, you know, you can have a few of them in your life. Wow. So okay. I get it now. I get it. Yes. I, I guess, yep. Similarly, like you, I went dark, dark, dark paths like uh, on your bio. It said you you explore the new age, Satanism, and likewise, like me, I explored so many spiritual things. I saw so many trinkets and all these theories and ideas that sounded nice, like you said, but at the end of the day, it's just a shroud of mystery and just kind of leading you down an empty path. And I don't know about you, but for me, I did grow up in the Christian household, but like you also, after learning about astrotheology and how a lot of this is maybe just kind of uh, stories wrapped in symbolism to explain deeper truths i've slowly come back to the idea of jesus because to me the idea of jesus is uh the only one that really truly speaks about forgiveness and love and to me those are the the main things that i feel have the potential to bring humanity back to freedom what do you think yeah i mean i've kind of come full circle in a way where i i uh I thought I, I rejected Christianity, but it's because I didn't really understand the esoteric deep meaning, you know, the allegories. I didn't get it. Um, I just thought that I was supposed to kind of generally be a nice person like Jesus. What would Jesus do and all that? But nobody ever really teaches you why, like what is true morality like why is something right versus wrong mm -hmm. and and yeah jesus was uh teaching that and i think something people forget about um the story you know the life of jesus uh, was that he um you know we we're kind of like given this sort of new agey picture of him mm -hmm. that he was just this like really nice kind person and yeah that's all great but but he, you know, he actually displayed anger. You know, yeah. he was, he was like in the churches, like, you know, knocking over their tables saying, 
you know, F this, right. how are you going to like do this in the church? And he was standing up to the government at mm-hmm. the time and he ultimately died. You know, he made that sacrifice for, um, you know, he was accused of, of sedition, you know, against the government of the time. So he right. was like this, you know, he wasn't a true anarchist, yeah. really. A real truther, like legit. Yeah. And we're meant to you know, model ourselves after him. And unfortunately, most Christians are also taught that, um, you know, we're supposed to kind of just stand by Mm, and wait for him to descend from the clouds. When I think the real meaning of it is of, of that idea that, you know, well, basically, we're not supposed to just wait to be rescued. Mm-hmm. We're we're meant to embody Christ ourselves yes, and be exactly. like Him. You hit it right on the nail. And that's my gripe. That's why I feel that the Bible part of it was written the way it is. And some things were inserted to kind of pacify Christians. Like, for example, two of the main gripes yeah. that I have against Christianity is turn the other cheek. Uh, no, if you come and strike me and my family, I have to destroy you. What are you talking about? And the other one was at uh, pay your taxes to to uh, the king, and it's like, no, Jesus would never bend the knee like that. But I feel like yeah. t- that turning the other cheek thing, it's kind of like that was inserted by uh, Nero, I guess, who created the Bible to kind of like have Christians stand down because, like you said, Christian, I mean, uh, Jesus went to the church and he turned over the tables and he was whipping people, telling them, "This is corrupt. This is wrong. Get out. This is the house of God." Yeah, and I think turning the other cheek, you could interpret that to mean not just I'm going to let somebody like beat me up and and stand and take it. But um, I think that it's saying that if somebody's rejecting knowledge, that you just keep giving it to them, you know? Hmm. Well, I partly agree with that, but like what you said earlier, sometimes you can't throw the pros to, to, the, to the swine. And meaning is, if, if I see someone is not willing to have an open mind, I'm not going to spend my time to like uh, try to change them. I'll give them maybe a link or something and let them think on their own, but yeah. Oh yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not going to try to force somebody to... I, I would move on, and, and basically what I mean is you want to keep... Uh, being persistent and putting the knowledge out <clears throat> into the world, you know, and let those who are going to accept it, you know, accept it. Sure, sure. Well, uh, we're getting close to the end. And I would like to talk to you maybe a little bit more if you have time. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, and I, we, I'm definitely going to have you back on. Um, I like the way that you, I like writers because uh, I had some guy, a comedian, um, he told me something that I think I'll never forget. He told me, that one never truly has a thought until he or she writes it down. And I think that's true because huh. a lot of us will we'll ramble things in our head, but we never really think about what we're thinking about and break it down and write it to where you can explain it to somebody else who is not you. And that's why I love writers like you. Your shit's like legit. You, you told me you're a perfectionist and I can see it. Your writing is, is beautiful and huh. it captivates me. And like, I wanted to keep reading more and you need to keep writing more. And so what I wanted to get to is uh, you have these two articles that I really enjoyed. The one we sort of already spoke about um, called The Real Meaning of Satanism. Could you kind of tease it a little bit and tell us how it really has to do... Well, you already kind of mentioned it's not really about teenagers in the woods, but can you explain how this ties into natural law and what these people are really doing? Sure. Okay. Um, 
So well, we covered that that one of the main tenets of Satanism is moral relativism, and that that is um, the the uh, basically the inversion of natural law, um, where natural law is um, a moral ob- objectivity or something that is moral morally objective, and I guess just to give a, a definition of natural law for people who don't know. It's just a, a set of universal laws that are binding and they can't be changed and they're not dependent upon the perceptions and the whims of human beings. So so natural law has nothing to do with um, like uh, with man's law. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, something that exists in nature very much the way that, um, you know, we have gravity that can't be changed. Um, that that is a a physical law, but natural law um, usually refers to moral law, and so it governs the consequences of behavior for those who have the capacity to understand the difference between right and wrong. So, if you think about it, um, you know, Satanism and everything that's being taught in that religion is the exact inversion, the opposite of natural law. Uh huh. And how does this have to do with um, why are they doing these things? What is the goal of the people that are trying to subvert our mind and get us to to believe and to just to twist everything upside down? Why do they do this and what is their goal? Well, I think that those people uh, want to bend natural law because, see, what, what I found is that dark occultists that I've known um, they they understand natural law. They understand uh, that there's such a thing as free will. They try to get other people to not believe in those things so that they can sort of have, um, you could think of it as they, they want to have minions to, you know, kind of a twist and, and break natural law for them. Mm-hmm. So it's like the idea of, you could think of, of this as an example, like um, like a politician who um, wants to do something like go to war and, and get resources from another country. Mm. Um, and they know that a lot of like, they're going to basically do a, a giant death ritual um, to in order to, to get what they want. Whoa. But they know that they're going to be morally culpable for those actions. So what they do is in this death ritual, they will employ their min- minions or henchmen, you know, the soldiers um, to support it and to do the actual deeds for them mm. so that those soldiers then will be the, the ones who are the most morally culpable, culpable, they're, they're going to be the ones that are going to really sort of, you know, pay the karma, if you want to think of it that way, um, and face the like really direct effects, because those are the, the people that are then taking the the direct action of, of right. say, shooting somebody. Um, and even then they're, if, even you know, if they don't they, know, even if they don't know, they're, they are culpable. Oh, yeah. And that's, the, that's the thing that, that makes me mad the most. It's, they, we ourselves created all this treachery. They just put the ideas out there, but we ourselves carry out the plans and the acts and allow them to do these things. 
Yeah, exactly. And and yeah, and you don't have to really be uh, consciously aware of it or not. These laws are are in effect, whether you know about it, whether you've thought about it, um, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, there's always going to be this law of, of cause and effect at work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's it doesn't really have to do with demons or Satanism. It really is just about theft of either, like you said, um, resources, life, uh, freedom, uh, free will, uh, these things that, that they know and they twist them and they subvert it to where, like you said, they're, they're morally breaking codes set up in this, I don't know, simulation or realm or whatever this thing that God created. They're, they're twisting it and in a way they're doing just corrupt things to anger him and break morality or what is right and, and just. Yeah, and I, I mean, so like I was talking about kind of some of the practical reasons why these dark occultists would want to do something like getting resources. Like we can all understand why some of these psychopaths would just, they're greedy, they want more money. Yeah, okay, got it. But yeah, there there is kind of another level to it, I think, where some of them are just, just you know, they're just sort of twisted people. They um, kind of, uh, want to see chaos and then there's this other aspect to it that's kind of generational like some of them are are born into these bloodlines like the you know like the bushes yeah like that family where it's just it's like you know uh george you know w he he was like uh just a total basically mind control slave puppet doing the bidding of his father and everybody that came before him. Yeah, I think it's funny how people get angry at the politicians, but that's the low level rung. There's like five layers up beyond that of people whose name you don't even know. Yeah, then that gets into like the the Council of 13 and the, you know, um, even the Committee of 300. I've never really looked too deep into those higher levels of that power structure but yeah um, it's dark I, mean, I don't think it really matters even yeah uh, I, the other article i wanted to ask you about that i really liked it, it was perfect i always thought about doing something like this but it's titled from the horse's mouth can you explain to me what this is and how it works and just because uh, i think this is an awesome idea because like you said, it literally is from the horse's mouth can you tell me what inspired to write this and how you compiled all this Sure. I think it just started with um, some of the research I was doing um, about the dark occult. And I was looking at the research of, of people like Michael Tessarion and, uh, you know, Jordan Maxwell and all of these greats. And um, I just uh, I would be taking notes and a, and a lot of times they would say some quote that I would think, wow, like if, if people just heard this like all of these conspiracy deniers out there like um like even people in my own family that would tell me like ah oh, who are these people that's that you think are running the show that's crazy what would be their motive and and they just don't get it and i thought well it, it should change their mind if they could just see these people actually themselves have been so uh brazen and arrogant and they you know, they're saying what they're doing out in the open. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is, like you said, a conspiracy fact. Right. Um, nobody's making any bones about it, really. So I, I just started, like, jotting down some of these quotes. 
And then eventually I thought, yeah, well, what if I put like all of these quotes in one place where people could just read like one after the other, after the other of these like, messed up things that, you know, the Rockefellers and, and all these people are saying that they're actually doing, then it's like, how can people even deny that? I mean, I'm sure they'll still find, people will find a way to say that, um, you know, that's still a bunch of wacko conspiracy theory nonsense. But yeah, I'm doing the best that I can to try to get that information out there. No, yeah, I love it. And that's beautifully put because I've always, like, that's what I want to do. Like, what's that movie, Clockwork Orange? Have you, you, have you seen Clockwork Orange? Oh, yeah. Guys, maybe y'all haven't seen it. It's a video about this guy who's corrupt and um, I guess the States or somebody's trying to fix him and make him a good person. And so the only way they do it at the end is they strap him down to a chair and they literally have his eyeballs like open. There's something holding his eyes open and they're making him watch all these videos to kind of make like make him regret his past bad life and change him into a moral person. And so I've always thought, man, what if I could, (laughs) it sounds evil, but what if I could do that to people, (laughs) but show them the actual truth, like all these quotes, which is perfect. Like you can read all these quotes. Here, I'm going to read a couple. And I actually wanted to bring this one up to you earlier when you were talking about the military. But okay. my thought is if you could strap someone down and just show them all this stuff, they'd have to walk out saying, they'd have to walk out angry at, at all the people who are supposedly ruling us and helping us because they're straight from the horse's mouth. This is what they're telling you. And so here the one quote from uh, Henry Kissinger that I, always stuck with me because I admire the military men because they're here to protect us, you know, and they, they want to stand for their nation. But they're being used by a military industrial complex. And I think the quote, I just lost it, but it goes something like, military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used in, in wars. So they're basically using you and telling you to your face that you're, you're stupid and you're an animal. And we're just using you as a, a little chess piece to, to implement our plans. But you have so many great quotes here, guys. If you ever want to have an idea to make a meme or something, just come check out all these amazing quotes she has. Check out this one by Sidney Webb, who was the co-founder of the Fabian Society. She's, it's, it says, To play those millions of minds, to watch them slowly respond to an unseen stimulus, to guide their aspirations without their knowledge, all this, whether in high capacities or in humble, is a big and endless game of chess ever extraordinary excitement so they're telling you right. y'all are just little chess pieces we're playing y'all we're playing this 4d level chess like not even talking about materialism we're talking about idealism and, and natural law and things high preceding reality yeah um there's a let's see there was another quote that that kind of uh, stuck out to me was um on mind control, I put it under that section. Okay, I'm here. And it was one. Who, who was it? It was one of John Swinton. Oh, sorry, was it John Swinton? Edward Bernays. Yes, yeah, it was where he said that he admitted that the people working for the press, the New York Times, here, and all you of want that, to read that, it? that they are. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, it says the business of the New York journalist is to destroy the truth, to lie outright, to pervert, to vilify, to fawn at the feet of Mammon to sell out his country and his race for his daily bread. We are the tools and vessels for rich men behind the scenes. We are intellectual prostitutes. From the horse's mouth, guys, 
the editor of the New York Times is telling you we are controlling truth and essentially reality. Yep. So I love it, Jackie. I want to have you on again for sure. Um, maybe we can... Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you keep on writing. Yeah, your shit's really good. And um, you have one, two, three, four, five articles. Maybe next time we can talk about the other ones. Um, am I correct in assuming that your painting schism came from your studies of left brain, right brain? Yeah, I was... Um, well, when I was studying the occult, I mean, a huge part of, of a lot of the occult traditions is teaching people about basically brain health or consciousness. Um, so, uh, you know, about the duality in nature, um, the, the, the left and the right brain hemisphere or the conscious and the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of exploring that, looking into um, the symbolism of uh, kind of like the, the left brain hemisphere, which sometimes might be seen as a little bit more masculine. Actually, in some traditions like Kabbalah, they kind of flip the genders um, differently. But but either way, I was exploring that, and I thought, oh, that'd be kind of a an interesting painting. It's awesome, guys. Y'all need to check it out. It's called Schism. So help me understand. You have what it seems like a person, and you can see their brain. And on the left side, you have red. You can see, I think that's Jupiter. And you have a cityscape, it looks like, and a triangle symbol. And on the other side, it's blue. And you have the moon and a single eye with the triangle pointing down and, and what looks like a beach. What is this? What is this contrast? Okay, so like I was saying, um, there's uh, you could think about the duality of the mind um, sort of uh, being represented by the two genders. Um, that, that's how they talk about it in like hermetic philosophy. Like there's um, there's two genders in all things. Like you could uh, find a masculine or feminine quality in everything. Mm -hmm. And it's in our minds where the, the conscious mind, which is a little bit more external, um, is, uh, is more masculine or solar. Now I put Saturn there um, to show that as kind of like a, a kind of a, a male deity. And then um, to represent the subconscious mind or the right brain hemisphere in the limbic system, I was, I painted the moon because, you know, we all know, I mean, the moon is the lunar goddess is mm -hmm. a Feminine. sort of a rep. Yeah. And so then I, I put, um, yeah, I put the beach next to the feminine because I wanted it to look like something receding. And then, you know, the water element associated with um, intuition and mm. imagination and all of these other right-brained um, kind of uh, um, abilities. And then I put the city on the left brain part to show that the left brain, when when uh, imbalanced towards the left brain hemisphere type of thinking, we tend to build squares and, and boxes and rigid shapes mm. like cities. And then I put the compass on the left side as well, just to show that it, that that side of the brain is largely responsible for being able to understand mathematics and uh, science. And then, of course, I put like the giant triangle. It's meant to be kind of like a phallic symbol. Um, I put it sort of like popping out 
um, on the left side. Whereas then I, I put the, the, the tiny little uh, chalice symbol or the upside down triangle is like looking like a teardrop mm, on the eye yeah. on the feminine side. Cause I was trying to actually show like a, an imbalanced brain, um, like the divide, which is why I called it schism. Okay, I see, I see. I love it. And when you go to do something like this, do you first think out something like this or do you just start sketching or what, what is your process? Yeah, so I probably shouldn't do it the way I do it. Like it's, it's always recommended that you kind of do a bunch of sketches like over and over but i actually just go like straight for it like i'll i'll like just take a canvas and just have kind of a basic vague idea of something that's kind of like pulling me and i'll just like go for it and paint um um so yeah I, i've just never been really into like making a bunch of sketches and like sketching something out on the canvas first i like to just kind of go for it well, I love it. It's awesome. I, it's infused with like symbolism, and it's it's layered. It's it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, Jackie, uh, I guess we're nearing the end. Um, I I definitely I think we didn't even get into it. I wanted to ask you so much about the black cube, the cults of Saturn, and what they represent oh, yeah. and all that. But we, we how about we have another episode? We I want to have a series with you. Actually, I want to talk about that the uh, differences between left brain, right brain, and how imbalancing them toward either side leads to certain problems in people's lives. And yeah, I just love talking to people who are into this stuff. And that's why I created the podcast, to, to find the others who are on the path and are trying to wake others up as well. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, um, I'd love to do that. I, I think you're doing some really good work here. And um, yeah, it's been really fun. And, and I could talk about some of these topics like all day. Like, so the black cube thing could be like a whole episode yeah, probably. Sure. So Yeah, that should go so yeah. deep. You, the symbolism everywhere, how they have black cubes in front of buildings and it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so uh, as we end, I always like to ask the guests to leave us with a piece of information that can help the listener to take with them in their life. But I actually would like to ask you, since you've researched the occult, what is something that you discovered that had like a big impact on you and that you think about often uh, by researching the occult? You still there, Jackie? Oh, yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do you have for us? What's something that like, really Oh, I'm you? sorry. I thought you were asking um, for your uh, your listeners. Um, what was the question you were saying? What I'm had asking, a big impact that you, I learned? Since you've been doing this research on the, this occult stuff, what's some piece of information that you found that really impacted you or really had like a, a, a lasting effect on you? Oh, there's so many. Um, I, I think if I had to pick one, it would be learning about... Um, the mystery traditions, like um, some of these like mystery schools, like um, the OTO and the Golden Dawn, the ones that are teaching magic, because um, I I had been, um, like I've had a lot of uh, counselors and just people recommend to me, oh, you should meditate. Um, meditation is so great. And I was just bored to tears with meditation. Like, why am I really sitting here like staring at a wall, like trying to stop my mind. It didn't make any sense. Hmm. But when I when I learned about um, what these mystery schools were teaching, um, like this sort of magic ritual, 
suddenly it became really fascinating and like fun like mm. oh i'm doing magic rituals like this is really cool mm. um and so then i was able to finally get into that state of trance where you're you're actually quieting your mind right. and it, i didn't discover that until like pretty recently you know like getting into my my 30s so um that was just like amazing that i was finally able to do things like meditation and these rituals like the middle pillar um where you're just um still you know right yeah man i saying likewise at first i would roll my eyes when i was meditating <laughs> i would be rolling yeah. my eyes while meditating but no you're right I, I, at some point once you do get really good at it you do get to this place where it's i, I think it, i forget what it's called uh maybe it's nirvana but there's several terms that use that you get to this place where you're like literally at peace. You're one with everything. So, sort of like psychedelics, but a natural and deeper thing. It's like you, everything stops. Is not even your mind. It's just like you're in this this place of peace and 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 oneness and calmness. And then when I was doing that, I, I kind of got into um, um, what is it called when you exit your body? Uh, oh, like an uh, either astral projection. Yes, astral or, projection. Oh, you, you, I, I, there was you one, experienced that? Yeah, once. I or twice. Once, um, I was. It was happening, but um, I don't know if you read. But as you're doing this, as you're exiting your body, your soul in your body starts kind of like to freak out. So you start kind of like trembling. So I experienced that. I felt like I was leaving, but my body was afraid to let me go. So I started trembling, and I snapped out of it. And then that I is crazy. I, I actually have uh, like one of my best friends told me like the same thing where he would um, like every night his he would like leave his body, but then he would like have trouble jumping. He would have to like jump back into his body mm. and he like was afraid that he wouldn't be able to make it back in. Mm, yeah, it's, I've heard the same thing similarly. And so I kept trying, I kept pressing forward. And then one time um, I was trying to fall asleep and I finally achieved it. I, I like just like, I don't know how to explain it. You kind of like, um, kind of like in a digital form, I guess you kind of get out your body and get back together. And then I was kind of like floating above myself and I could see myself and I got scared. And instantly I like woke up. So I couldn't, I can't, wow. I, it's hard to sustain it. it. It takes a lot of practice. But after that, I, I really don't want to get into that stuff sometimes because, um, I don't know, have you seen the movie Soul from Disney? I have not. Well, it's interesting because uh, I don't want to give it all away, but it's essentially about a guy who who doesn't know, but he's permanently in the astral realm. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that because you should check it out. I think you'd like it. It's so symbolic and deep, and I can see you like extrapolating all these layered things from it. But it, oh, yeah, it, there were some things in that movie that made me feel, oh man, maybe this stuff I shouldn't be messing with. I shouldn't be going into this realm. I, I don't know how this map or the territory, what if I end up harming myself or something like that? So I kind of just stopped. But yeah, meditation on its own, when you can really get into it, it does wonders. Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Well, Jackie... Thank you again for joining us. And uh, like I said, we'll do it again. Can you please uh, give us anything you want us to check out, like your Instagram or website? Yeah, um, well, my website is just my name. So it's JackieKrasna.com. And um, I think pretty much every other social media page 
um, I've put my name in it, so you can just search for Jackie Krasna, um, uh, like my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay. on a lot of uh, different platforms, so cool. yeah, whatever you use, people can search for me. Well, I'll, I'm going to put your links on the show notes. And please, guys, check out her website. She's a really good writer, and she breaks it down to where you can show this to your grandma. And she'll probably be like, hmm, you got something there, son. But um, <laughs> thank you, Jackie. You're a wealth of knowledge. And keep writing. I want to read some more. And um, we'll do this again sometime. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It was a really cool conversation. All right, guys. So that was Jackie Krasna. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself. Find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys, that was my conversation with Jackie Krasna. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Man, she's a wealth of knowledge, huh? I love people like that, people who don't just accept the narrative and actually go and research and go out of their way to look at all this esoteric, seemingly occult knowledge. And remember, occult does not mean evil. It just means hidden. Lost knowledge is occult. It's just hidden, occulted. Ocultar. In Spanish, that means just covered. So it's nothing evil, guys. Yes, some of the... It's just knowledge. It's kind of like a gun. A gun is not evil. A gun is just a gun. It's static energy. It takes somebody to use it in a... It depends how they use it and what the intent is. You know? I can use a gun to, to kill somebody or I can use a gun to go hunting and feed my family. It's all about intent. And, and I don't know, I, I would have discussions with people that say, oh, that's evil, that's satanic. Well, they put satanic, they've tied it with Satanism, and it's all just kind of symbolism to confuse the mind. Because remember, Satan or the opposer, whatever you want to call them, their, their deal is lies, that's how they work. Confusion, lies, obfuscation, illusions, it's all to confuse you. And yes, there's some secrets and knowledge there, but when you start a- adding dogma, and religiosity to it, it kind of starts to obfuscate things. Anyways, I'm rambling now. Um, uh, after we we recorded this, me and my wife just watched a movie on Netflix called Prisoners. And man, I hate fucking movies like that. Uh, what are they called? Uh, just anxiety movie. What is it called? This, the genre is suspense, I guess, is what you would call it. Uh, I hate suspenseful movies because I know what it is. It's the trick. They just, they're priming you. They're filling you full of anticipation and hope, but it really comes at the back end of fear. So they propagate this story, and I guess I'm going to kind of spoil it, but y'all should go check it out. Well, don't. These movies, if you don't know what they're doing, if you don't know the trick, like the magic trick, it, it tricks you and it fucking fucks your subconscious mind, and it implants fears and extracts fears. That, that's a whole other subject, but when you're watching a movie... And like Jackie was speaking about earlier, once you know the trick, once you know the symbolism and you know what they're trying to do, it doesn't work like exactly like a magic trick. If you know how a magic trick works, it doesn't work on you anymore. And so this movie Prisoners is really all about, so I'm going to spoil it, um, this family. I, I'm going to try to not spoil it, but you should go check it out if you want, but it's not really good for you. I told my wife, I'm never watching another suspenseful movie with you unless it's on two times speed because it just takes too damn long. But either way, here, I'm going to play an excerpt of the movie that I thought was the epitome of the movie. This is what they want to, this is the truth that they're telling you, but they had it through the movie. So check this out. Watch. So this is one of the main characters basically telling you 
why they kidnap kids. And then that's a whole other subject about all the kids that go missing in the U.S. Tie that in with the Balenciaga thing. Kids, all all that shit. Check this out. So this is the reason that she gives for uh, killing and stealing kids. Check this out. It's fucking dark. It's Prisoners on Netflix. Making children disappear is the war we wage with God. Makes people lose their faith. Turns them into demons like you. Had to slow down since my husband disappeared. Hey, that's fucking dark shit. So imagine that this 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 old couple just goes around kidnapping kids. But then this is kind of like the elite at the same time telling you why they do this also. They, they're doing this to extract negative energy from people. They fill people with hope and fear and all this stress through movies and films and all this stuff to extract fear. And I was kind of mentioning this to my wife, and she kind of got it, so I'm kind of slowly red-pilling her. But anyways, that's beyond the point. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I asked Jackie what song she would like to listen or put at the end of the show, and she came up with this one. It's called Caravan or Ride. I don't know who's the band. Um, I haven't heard it, so I'm going to listen to it the first time here. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you like this, remember, uh, leave a review on Inst- on uh, Spotify. You can leave a review somewhere around there. I'm not exactly sure where. You can click, put a five-star, four-star. Put a one-star if you want. I don't give a shit. Just rate it, put a little review, and uh, share the episode if you want. And so this is the song Caravan Ride. I don't know who's the band, but I hope you enjoy it. Know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace.
Peace.